morning, LinkedIn. Good morning, Robert. How are you doing today? Good morning, LinkedIn. Good morning, Doreen. You know, Doreen, I'm better than I was, but not nearly as good as I'm going to be. <laughs> we love it. Oh, God, we love it. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome. We are super happy to be back for another live conversation on Good Morning LinkedIn. As usual, tell us where you are tuning in from. We have a beautiful international community. And um, yes, today we are talking about a topic that is quite interesting because we are talking about money, but not only. It simply has never been a better time in life to ask for the raise or the promotion you have been working so hard for. Why is that? Simply because we talk a lot and you have heard it probably the great resignation where people are leaving and people think twice, three times, maybe four times, five times before saying yes to uh, a job offer. So it has never been uh, that much challenging for organizations to retain their talent and to attract talent. So this is your time to leverage the context to your advantage. My Could friend Robert. Better myself. Could not have yeah. said it better myself. It is, it is time for you to determine your worth and ask for it. Exactly. But we are very aware that it can be uh, challenging for some of you. Uh, it has been challenging a lot for me as well, especially in my 20s. Uh, you know, now I'm in my 30s, I feel like I'm much more confident and much more self-aware of my worth. So making an ask and negotiating is not something that I'm afraid of. But we were having this conversation with Rob offline. He was like, listen, I'm in my 40s and I just don't give a damn. I know what I want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think sometimes after you've been in the workforce for so long, you've seen so much certain things you are willing to accept and other things you are just not willing to accept. I think you have a better uh, sense of what your boundaries are. I think in your 20s, you're still trying to build them. And sometimes you don't know what they are. And sometimes you overstep your own boundaries and you allow, you allow some certain people to overstep your boundaries, but you're still trying to figure out what they are. I'm at a point where I understand who I am, what I have to offer, and how much I really would like to be paid for doing what it is that you want me to do. So can you, can do you remind actually, do you remember the first time you asked for a raise or a promotion? When was that and how did you feel? Oh, so yeah, the first time I asked for a, a raise, I was in my early 20s. I was extremely scared. I was nervous. I didn't really know what to do or how to do it. And I messed it up, but it still came out good because, you know, sometimes, sometimes even crazy people get good results. So I remember walking into my boss's office and I said, hey, I've been here for about a year. I've done some really good work since I've been here and I would like a raise. Now, don't ever do that. Anybody listening, do not. That is not the way you do it. But that's what I did. But what happened was he sat down with me and he actually said, you know, you're right. And he gave me a raise, a pretty substantial raise. But what I figured out was he gave the raise so quickly because I actually deserved more. 
But I went in with no plan. No, I went in with nothing. I just said, here, I need a raise. So it turned out good in that particular instance, even though my technique was horrible and it was all wrong. But that was the first time I asked for a raise and I was shocked at the outcome. But I shouldn't have been because honestly, they ended up paying me more later on. See, and and so you just shared what not to do. Don't do that. <laughs> so let's talk about what to do. And today we are going to share with you five practical tips, five steps that you can uh, start to implement or at least to reflect on in order to ensure that you get a yes to whatever you ask for. And actually, you can use those steps that we are going to share with you for a raise, for a promotion, but you can also use it outside of work when it comes to negotiation, okay? So grab your notebook, grab your pen and take notes because Hmm, that, that's going to be interesting. So the first tip that we want to share with you today is to understand the other party in the negotiation, okay? Before you open that door, before you book that meeting with your supervisors, your, your manager, you know, what does the organization is looking for? What is your manager looking for? You know, it's it's a win-win and we're going to talk more in details about it. But in order to be able to position yourself and to build uh, and to negotiate in a win-win ways, you need to be able first to understand what the other party wants. Yeah, that is extremely important because a lot of people have skills that they market, but people don't want them. And I'll give you guys a really good example of this. This was funny. I worked. I remember I worked with this one young lady. She was bilingual. She spoke English and Spanish. And while being bilingual is is great, trust me, because, you know, some of us struggle with one language. So it's be it, it's great to be bilingual. But I remember she wanted a raise and she was listing off her skills. And she said, I am bilingual. I can speak Spanish. You don't have many people here who can speak Spanish. Well, no one really cared about that. So bringing that up did not help her case any. While it is a good skill, it wasn't a good skill for that particular job. And it didn't bode well for her pleading her case for a raise because it was an unnecessary skill that didn't matter for that particular job. So you have to know what the other person is looking for. And, and actually, you know, in my case, it's quite the opposite because I live in Canada. I live in Toronto, which is an English, I mean, in Ontario, which is an English speaking uh, province. But they struggle to find bilingual people, English and French. And I remember when I moved here, even I barely uh, spoke English. It was My English was very, very bad. But I would position myself as bilingual because that's what they were looking for. And I would say I speak French. So, yes, my English is not that good back in time, but my French is excellent because this is my first language. And so I would get a job with the creepy, uh, like crappy English just because uh, I, I would speak French. And this is what they were looking for in priority. And also I knew that when you are you apply for a bilingual role, you get a better pay. Yeah. Right? But I knew what these people were looking for. Exactly. And that's the thing. A lot of us come at it from a selfish standpoint. I have this skill. I have that skill. It doesn't matter. What matters is what the employer wants and then matching what you have to what they want. 
Okay, but how how do we do we do that? And that's the thing, you know, how do we know what they want and how do you position yourself like as a solution or as the response to what they are looking for? Um, we're going to talk about it. This is our next point, but actually, which is personal branding. But the tip number two, the step number two here is to set your manager's expectation early and often. Why is that important, my friend? Mm. Look, it is important because you have to, first of all, know what the other party wants, but then you have to let them know that you can deliver it. But you got to let them know how you're going to deliver it and when you're going to deliver it. So if your manager wants something done, you got to be able to explain to them, I can do this and here's how I'm going to do it and be consistent once the expectation is set, because now they start to see you as a reliable person. You set the expectation and then you deliver. You're now in their brains, a reliable person. Exactly. And it's important also, you know, to stay on top of on, on top of uh, people's mind and to let them know. I mean, this is not a secret and it shouldn't be a secret that, you know, at some point you will be asking for a raise, uh, that at some point you will be looking to move up within the organization. So those are the conversations that you need to have with your managers early on. So when did they come and you book that meeting to make the ask, they already knew what they already know what you are about because you have been having those open conversations quite often early on. Yeah. And so for that, you're just going to start planting to planting the seed with them early. What do I need to do to succeed in this organization? Hey, if I wanted a role similar to yours, what would I need to do? So now in their minds, they already know that you are someone who wants to excel in the organization. So those initial conversations aren't even about money. Those initial conversations are about what you can do to add value to the organization. So as soon as your manager realizes that you are someone who wants to excel in the organization, now you're in the top of their mind. But also you're figuring out what what the organization values. Once you figure out what they value, you start to deliver what they value. And that creates that win-win. They're getting something out of it. You're getting something out of it. An employment relationship is just that. It is a relationship. It will never, ever be 50-50. It will never be equal. But it is about you getting what you want sometimes. They getting, they're getting what they want sometimes. And then at the end of the day, you're getting enough to where you're satisfied with what you're getting on both ends. Clearly, which actually brings us to our next point, step number three, build your personal brand. Once you know what the organization is looking for, what, once you know what the manager's expectations are, you know, and you need to use all this information in a way that is smart, right? So you need to leverage all this information that you are get, gathering. And the best way to do it is by building your personal brand. So why is that? Your personal brand is your professional reputation. It's about communicating about your expertise, uh, positioning yourself as the ideal person, as the, sol as the solution to the problem your organization is trying to solve, 
right? And you need to communicate this message consistently. It's a continuing process. It's not a thing that you do once and that's it, you're good. No, because the game of personal branding, first of all, is to be able to, uh, uh, to use your strengths, to position yourself, right, as a solution to the problem the organization is solving, but also to stay on top of people's minds. So when there is a job opening and that you show up for that opportunity, people, they know you. It's about promoting yourself and putting yourself and your message in front of the right people for the right reason. And the work that, we, that is necessary to do in step one and step two right it's about letting the right people know who you are what you're good at and what's your full potential those people need once these people know your full potential and they understand it they understand your value once you push the door and ask for the, that raise or this promotion it makes it much more easier for you well and understand too your personal brand is about you who you are and you want people to see who you are and the best way for people to see who you are is to stand out from the crowd and the best way to learn how to stand out from the crowd is to get this book that's right over here by me written by Doreen over here and, and I'll, it truly <laughs> it is it is extremely important because your personal brand it transcends any company it really is you so what happens is people know who you are and they get to know you like you and trust you while you're on a job but building your personal brand can actually help you get other jobs because your reputation will start to precede you and again the best way to do that is to learn how to stand out from the crowd exactly it will serve you within your organization within your industry and outside of your industry right that's not some that's a tool your personal brand is really a tool that you can leverage to achieve many of your objectives or to create or attract uh, different or better opportunities so you position yourself uh, in a way that you pick and choose from the opportunities that best fit and suit your uh, your personality, your ambitions, your objectives. Okay, so stand out from the crowd, people. Uh, which uh, take us takes us to our next point, point number four. Prepare what you want and what you will offer. Oftentimes, I feel it it is challenging for people to make the ask because they are confused and let me share with you uh, some uh, uh, statistics that are very very interesting so there was a study that was uh, conducted in the uk okay and they found out that 55 percent of people 55 percent it's a lot are unwilling to ask for a raise 16 percent simply because they don't know what to say 15% because they are worried to appear greedy, and I was one of them, actually. <laughs> and 12% simply are afraid to make the ask. So, Robert, how can we, you know, how being clear about what you want and being clear in the way you communicated, first of all, boost your self-confidence, but allows you to get a yes faster. 
You know, th there are a couple of things that stop us, right? Because you don't know what the person next to you doing the same job is making. So the first thing you have to do is do some research. Figure out what the average salary is for the job that you're doing now. Figure out what the responsibilities are for the job that you're doing now. So do some research and figure out what the job is actually worth. Then figure out what is it that you want? How much money do you want to be making? Because the thing is, you're not greedy for wanting more money. You're not greedy at all for wanting more money. We've been conditioned to kind of believe that. But who doesn't want more money and who doesn't want to feel like you're being paid fairly for the work that you're doing? So mm -hmm. figure out how much the job actually pays, figure out what it is that you're doing within the constraints of that job, and then figure out what are some of the things that you're doing that go above and beyond the initial job description. And that's going to be your leverage right there for asking for a raise. What does the job pay? How much do you really want? What is it that you actually are doing that fits the job currently? What is it that you do that goes above and beyond? Those are your four things you kind of want to look at. And that's how you build in. This is how much I'm going to ask for when I go talk to them. And and, and so, uh, Robert, you help auditors, right, to ask better questions. Uh, and so we talked about the importance of gathering information. Um, can you maybe share with us the type of questions, maybe more specific, that people could ask in order to uh, being able to provide best answers to what the organization is looking for? So here's the one thing that I say a lot. So I'm a certified public accountant, but I actually hate numbers. And a lot of people laugh when I say that. But here's why I became a certified public accountant. When you can follow the money, you understand what's important to people. So figuring out what your department spends most of their budgetary money on, that's how you know what's important to them. If they don't spend a lot of money on training, then you know they probably don't give a crap about you as an employee. So you probably need to find someplace else to work. But no, you find out what are some of the projects that they're working on right now? What are some of the current initiatives that they're working on right now? What are some of the things that they see that are important in the next six months, the next year, the next five years. And that's what you ask. You ask them. So look at where they're spending their money. Look at where they're spending their time. So, for example, a lot of companies are ramping up on cybersecurity right now. So that's probably important. So you want to think about cybersecurity or things like that. I know if you look at specific industries right now, the retail industry, well, it's not looking too good because people aren't going to shopping malls anymore. However, what a lot of retail companies are doing is they're moving online. So you may need to beef up your Internet knowledge if you work if you work for a retail company. So just ask, what are some of the current initiatives that we're working on now as a company? Better yet, here's the big question to ask your boss. What is the one thing that I can do to make your life easier? Mm, that's a powerful one because you position yourself from a place of service. So it, it takes, you know, the, the anxiety, the, the stress out of the equation because it's not about you asking something for yourself, but it's about you positioning yourself from a place of service. Yeah. But isn't that always the key? Don't you like people who make your life easier, whether it's professionally or personally? If you ask your boss, what can I do to make your life easier? Or if you don't want to take that route and you still want to get to the same result, ask them, what is the most significant task that they perform? 
If you can help them with the most significant task that they perform, now you are more valuable to them. Yep. And 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 you know, since we live in a in a in a in a fast uh pacing work environment, like there is always, you know, I think it's important to keep upgrading your skills based on what you want to achieve and based on what your organization is looking to achieve as well. When you gather those information and ask those questions, it gives you clues actually out on how to uh, upgrade your skills if necessary. So again, you position yourself as the solution to the problem they are trying to solve. And now with all the online programs and everything that takes place online, it is easy to upgrade your skills and to do it in a way that serves you. Absolutely. And our last uh, step actually to get a raise uh, or a promotion is to enter the room and main manage the negotiation. Put on like your power pose, take a deep breath, open that door with confidence. You deserve to be there. You are worth it. You know your worth and you know exactly why you are asking for a raise or a promotion and what you are asking for. At this point, it's clear in your mind. You have all the information that you need to, you know, be able to position yourself from a win-win perspective. You are not asking. Companies have money. And now more than ever, they are willing to invest this money on their top talent, on their employees, because they are struggling to retain their talent, right? So it has never been a better time for yourself to uh, take a deep breath, open that door and make the ask. Well, you also want to make it easy for people to understand why you're asking for a raise. If we go back to the story I told you guys earlier, when I just messed up completely, don't do that. But I literally just walked in and said, I've been working here for about a year and I've been working really hard and I deserve a raise. And I want you to think about what I did and why this was so bad. First, I made a declaration that I wanted something. Okay, great. But I didn't define what it was that I wanted nor why I wanted it. So I actually created more work for my boss who gave me a raise. Thankfully, he pro he really should not have because I was horrible in the way that I asked for it. Thankfully, this was a long time ago and I learned lessons from that. But, you know, what we mean by enter the room and manage the negotiations, make it easy on someone to say yes or sometimes no, but make it easy on them to make a decision. So when you walk into the room, know exactly what it is that you want, a raise or a promotion, know why you want it, know exactly how much you think you want, and then how is it going to benefit the other party? Again, when I just walked in and said, I've been working here for a year and a half and I've been busting my butt and I deserve a raise, I really didn't deserve a raise. I shouldn't have gotten one. Um, I created more work for someone else because now they needed to figure out how much of a raise does he deserve, if he even deserves one at all. Should I give him a raise? Okay, let's think about this. He's been here for a year and a half, but what has he done in that year and a half? I didn't even provide any results of things that I had done. So you got to be prepared so that you can lead the discussion because you're the one who really wants something now. Exactly. And, you know, it reminds me one of my first jobs here in Canada. Uh, I was a program assistant. Uh, it was a one year contract and I had a six months uh, probatory period. Right. 
And um, as an assistant, I had, of course, my, my daily tasks, but I would always ask the coordinators and project managers if I could help them, if I could take part in whatever they were doing. So first of all, I was upgrading my skills by supporting others, by helping other team members. Secondly, they will see me every day because I would be quite active. So they knew who I was, uh, you know, so... I, I, every time I would uh, help them, it was an opportunity for me to build those relationships and always positioning myself from a place of service. And so after this, so that's what I did for the first six months on my job. And, you know, there was an opening as a program coordinator, which I was not qualified for. And anyway, I was on my probatory period. And at the end of the probatory period, instead of, you know, uh, telling me, okay, you know, we are good. You will continue for your one-year contract in total. They told me, listen, there is an opening and we thought of you and we think that you are uh, competent. You have acquired the experience to run projects on your own. It took me six months to get a raise and I asked for the raise because I knew since I had been working with those people, I knew exactly what they were looking for. I knew the budget. I knew everything. And so they wanted to upgrade me, but they, they, they didn't want to raise my salary as much. And I was like, hold on a minute. I know how much money these people make. So if I get the same job, I want the same salary. And they were like, okay, right? So it's all about understanding the politics of promotion within your organization but as we said again and again it's about gathering information it's about asking questions it's about helping others you know helping others in their day-to-day -day work or make their life easier so when your time comes because ultimately your time will come sooner than later but by implementing the five steps that we shared with you today, your time will come, will come sooner than expected. And that's what we are here for. Yeah. You know what you said there? It, it, some of it brought me back to what we said last week about your hard work does not speak for itself. So you have to be able to show your value. Well, first, you have to be able to know your value. Then you have to be able to show your value. Then you have to be able to ask for what it is that you think you deserve based on knowing and showing your value. Exactly. And if you don't know where to get started on or how to figure it out, then the Stand Out from the Crowd book is for you because it's a step-by-step -step guide to help you identify your strengths you know, and leverage your work, your expertise to position yourself and finally become the leader you are meant to be. It's about unleashing your full potential, but you can do so only if you are clear about who you are, what you want, what you are good at, and how to leverage all of these elements of you to increase your visibility, make an impact, get what you want, and become the leader you were meant to be. And we have a question here from our friend Farah. What would you recommend as an increase in pay, 10%, 12% thoughts? Hmm. I wouldn't limit my, I would honestly, personally, I would go with the number. Yep. 
I completely agree. I would go with, do you want $10,000? Do you want $5,000? Do you want $20,000? I would go with a number. Now, the company is going to try to go with a percentage because from a budget standpoint, they're going to look at the budget and say, this is 10% of the budget or this is 5% of what you already make. But I would not go with the percentage. There is a number that you have in mind, and that number is not a percentage. That number is some number that you have for a specific reason, and it is a very static number. And so you need to figure out a number. And when they start talking percentages, you have your number. Figure out your number and why you want that number. You might want $25,000 because you figure that that's enough to help you get a down payment on the home that you've been looking for. So if that's your number, ask for that number. And, and it doesn't, to be honest with you, a lot of them will say, well, this is more than 40% of what we're already paying you. That doesn't and matter. So what? Yeah, exactly. So what? what is the job worth? What are the skills? Because here's the thing too. You may have started doing a job that had a, a specific job description at one point in time. Over time, they may have added to that job description because here's what they write on all job descriptions. Other duties as assigned meaning that they can just pour crap onto you whenever they feel like it. However, that other stuff that you're doing is worth something. So when it comes time for you to prove that you've already done the job, you need to ask for more money based on what the job requires. And that's not a percentage. You have a number in your head. What is that number? Communicate that number. And we have another question from Carl. If your higher up doesn't see your value for a raise, should you go above them to negotiate? Mm. that's tricky because doesn't that depend on the politics in your organization exactly i would keep the conversation open with my uh, direct supervisor but if the direct supervisor is not listening and actually that's very interesting because i had a client that was she was facing the exact same situation and what i suggested her and it worked is like, okay, you keep the conversation open with your direct manager, but you start building relationships with decision makers. Yep. You start building this like relationships with the people who can say a yes or no <laughs> without the support of your uh, supervisor. So it, it's kind of tricky, but that shouldn't stop you. That shouldn't stop you or hold you from asking what you want. Yeah. And, and realistically, that all goes back to visibility and standing out from the crowd. I know I sound like a broken record here, but so, you know, you have this supervisor, you've asked them for a raise, they won't give you one. And then there's somebody above them that also has the authority to approve a raise. Does that person above them even know who you are? Do they know how much you contribute to the team? Because if the answer is no to both of those, then you're surely not to get a raise. But if that person above them knows who you are and what you contribute, and then all of a sudden there's some rumors that you may be leaving or there's some rumors that you may be unhappy because people can tell when you're unhappy at a job, you know, then that person may actually step in. That person may actually advocate for you. So if you don't have visibility throughout the organization and people don't know who you are and what you offer based on yeah. what it is that they want, then you're surely going to get a no. Exactly. So it's really about who you know, but who and more who knows you and who knows what you're good at. Again, think about the work that you are doing when you are making yourself visible, when you are building personal brand is to help you facilitate down the line uh, the, 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 the ask or the negotiation that you 
uh, would like to um, undertake. So I would like to thank uh, everyone, uh, each one of you for joining us this morning. I see we have uh, uh, Farah who was here. We have Agbo Agbon Mary, Esther. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name. Thank you so much for joining us uh, this morning. Our friend um, Carl was here too. I saw a couple of people also is Yomo. Thank you uh, for joining us and uh, for uh, being present today. And all of you who will be watching the replay, beautiful people, um, leave your comment, ask your questions. We are here to support you because Rob and I, we strongly believe that we can create an environment, an ecosystem, a community where each one of us can succeed and we are here to share with you to the best of our knowledge, uh, the tips and everything that you need, you surely need to use and to implement to your advantage so you can become successful in your, in your own terms. Robert, my friend, thank you so much for today's conversation. Uh, you take care, you stay safe, and we will see you next week a Saturday for another live episode of Good Morning LinkedIn. Peace out.